Chapter 8 Build Up Your Faith A strong faith is necessary. What can we do to get it? The next thing contributing to our actual readiness for sufferings is the improvement of faith to a considerable degree of strength. Faith is the grace that must do the main service in the time of suffering and has the principal hand in supporting the Christian under every burden. This is the grace that crowns our heads with victory in the day of battle. Above all, taking the shield of faith, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. It is true that every grace is useful and contributes assistance. Suffering saints have been indebted to them all. But of faith we may say, as Solomon of the virtuous woman, though many graces have done excellently, yet this excels them all. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 29. Paul was distinguished in this grace. It was the life he lived daily, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Oh, it is a precious grace, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1. It was so precious that Christ, who seldom admired anything, wondered at this. Scripture When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10. It is a victorious grace that overcomes all difficulties. Mark chapter 9 verse 23. All those famous heroes of Hebrews chapter 11 achieved those glorious conquests with this sword, and in every distress, faith may say to the soul, as Christ to the disciples, Without me ye can do nothing. John chapter 15 verse 5. Faith is the sword that has won so many victories over the world. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. And the trusty shield that has quenched so many deadly darts of temptation that have been leveled at the very heart of a Christian in the day of battle. Christians live by faith when all outward physical comforts die. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. It is the ground on which Christians set their feet, and it never fails under them. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. Its necessity will more clearly appear when we consider how many ways it relieves the soul in trouble and unburdens the heart of all its sinking loads and pressures. Two things sink a man's spirit when under suffering the greatness of the troubles and the weakness of the soul to bear them. Faith works against both, relieving the soul by making a weak soul strong and heavy troubles light. First, faith makes a weak soul strong and able to bear suffering and it does this in multiple ways. It purges debilitating and weakening disorders from the soul. It removes guilt in general, which is to the soul as a wound on a bearing shoulder, Romans chapter 5 verse 1, and this removal enables the soul to bear any other burden, Isaiah chapter 33 verse 24. Not only does it remove guilt, but it also removes fear, that tyrant passion that cuts the nerves of the soul. As faith comes in, fear goes out. To the same degree that the fear of God is preeminent in the soul, the sinful fear of the creature declines and vanishes. Isaiah chapter 8 verses 12 through 13. Fear extinguishes that faith as sunshine puts out fire. Scripture: The righteous are bold as a lion. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. The Hebrew word for lion here signifies a young lion in his hot blood that knows no such thing as fear. As much of the soul is empty of faith is as much as it is filled with fear. Scripture: Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Matthew chapter 8 verse 26. 
Certainly, it is a rare advantage to be freed from the common distraction in times of common destruction, and the soul has this advantage by faith. Faith strengthens the soul to bear afflictions and hardships not only by purging out the disorders that weaken it, but also by turning itself to Christ in whom all its strength lies, and this is done in a way that suitably matches the many exigencies of the soul in all its distress. Does darkness, like the shadow of death, overspread the earth, and do all the lights of earthly comforts disappear? Then faith supports the heart by looking to the Lord. Micah chapter 7, verse 7. And this look of faith exceedingly revives the heart and enlightens the soul. Psalm 34, verse 5. Does God pluck away all earthly props from under your feet and leave you nothing visible to rest on? In that need, faith suitably acts by resting or staying on God. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, allowing the soul to be quieted and established. Psalm 125, verse 1. Do temptations strive to turn the soul from Christ and discourage it from leaning on the promise? Then faith puts forth an act of resolution, Job 13, verse 15, and breaks its way through that discouragement. Has the soul been long seeking God for deliverance from trouble, but there is silence in heaven and no answer comes? And instead of an answer comes a temptation for the soul to throw off the duty and seek to deliver itself. Then faith extends another act on Christ suitable to this distress, namely the act of waiting, Isaiah chapter 49, verse 23. And this waiting is opposed to the sinful haste that the soul is tempted to, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Or does God call the soul to some difficult service against which the flesh and carnal reason dispute and plead? Then faith helps the soul by enabling an act of obedience, while carnal reason stands by dissatisfied. Galatians chapter 1, verse 16. And so it is that obedience carries the name of faith on it to show its descent. Romans chapter 16, verse 26. Faith encourages the soul to obey not only by urging God's command, but also by giving it God's guarantee for its compensation. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Do you find yourself overmatched by troubles and temptations, and your own inherent strength begins to fail under the burden? Then faith leads you to an omnipotent God and secures you from fainting under your trouble. Psalm 61, verse 2. In the Lord is everlasting strength. El Shaddai is a name of encouragement to a feeble soul. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31. Now you see the first point completed, namely, what a strengthening influence faith has on a weak soul. Second, let us see how faith lightens Christians' burdens as well as strengthens their backs to bear the burdens. Certainly, this grace of faith strangely alters the very nature of sufferings. It takes away both the heaviness and horror of them, and it does this in many ways. 1. Faith commits the business to Christ and leaves the matter with Him. This relieves the soul of all these anxieties and perturbations that are the very burden and weight of affliction. Psalm 37, verse 5. Certainly, that which sinks us in days of trouble is more from within, from our unruly, seditious, and clamorous thoughts, than from the troubles themselves with which we battle. But by committing the matter to God, the soul is quickly brought to rest. 2. Faith reveals a great deal of good in our troubles. The more good that faith reveals, the more supportable and easy it is to the soul. Faith brings in a comforting report that says, Our troubles are not evils alone, 
as are the troubles of the wicked, Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 5, but are diminished by a mixture of much good, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10, Isaiah chapter 27 verse 9. 3. Faith foresees the end and final removal of the trouble and that it is close at hand, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. What daunts and bewilders us in times of trouble is that we can see no end of them. So the heart faints and hands hang down from discouragement. But now faith brings the joyful tidings of the end of troubles and says to the soul, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Psalm 42 verse 5 as if your sufferings were like the sufferings of the damned, endless and everlasting, but yours are just for a moment. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. In just a little while, a very little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Hebrews 10, verse 37. In just a little while, the days of your mourning will be over. 4. Faith compares our sufferings with the sufferings of others, this greatly diminishes and shrinks them. Sometimes believers compare their sufferings with Christ's, and then they are ashamed that they would ever complain and droop under them. Oh, they say, what is that compared to that which the Lord Jesus suffered for me? He suffered in all his members, his head, hands, side, and feet. He suffered from all hands, both friends and enemies, and he suffered in all his offices, in his soul as well as in his body. The sufferings of his soul were the very soul of his sufferings. Sometimes believers compare their sufferings with the sufferings of the saints in former ages. When they read in faith the history of their persecutions, they are shamed out of their complaints and say, Are we better than our fathers? Sometimes they compare them with the sufferings of the damned. Oh, what is this compared to everlasting burnings? What is a prison to hell? How light and easy it is to suffer for Christ in comparison to those sufferings that are from Christ. And so the soul is quieted and the terror of sufferings reduced. 5. Faith gives Christ the title to the believer's sufferings and puts them on his account. This greatly transforms and alters them. It is a big relief when a man can hold up the Bible as one martyr did at the stake and say, This is what has brought me here or as the psalmist, For thy sake are we killed all the day long, Psalm 44, verse 22, or the apostle, I fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. 6. Last, faith engages the presence of God to be and abide with the soul in all its solitudes and sufferings. It grips the promises made to that purpose, Psalm 23, verse 2, Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, John chapter 14 verse 18. While the troubled soul enjoys this presence of God, the very sense of trouble is swallowed up. So now I have given some brief signs of how faith relieves and strengthens the soul in a suffering hour. The next thing is to direct you on how to improve this excellent grace so that it may serve you this way in time of need. To do that, I will give you these seven directions. 1. Give diligent attention to the ministry of the gospel, which is not only the producing but also the conserving cause of faith. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. The doctrine of faith is the food and nourishment of the grace of faith. There we find its rules, 
its encouragements, its healing medicines. From there, faith takes and treasures up its promising psalms to which it has recourse in times of need. Every attribute, command, or promise that shines there is a dish for faith to feed on, but all together are a royal feast. Psalm 63, verse 5. Some say the land of Judea is called the land of the living, Psalm 27, verse 13, in respect of the ordinances of God that those people enjoyed. They certainly are the great instruments of giving life to souls and then preserving that life it produced in them. But be sure they have Christ's stamp on them and that they are ministered by His own officers and in His own way. If so, you may reasonably expect more fruits and influences from them than from all personal gifts and help in the world. Scripture The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Psalm 87, verse 2 and all personal helps may say in comparison to Christ's public ordinances, as Gideon said to the men of Ephraim, What have I done in comparison of you? Judges chapter 8, verse 2. 2. Improve your sacrament seasons, those harvest days of faith. This ordinance of communion has a direct and peculiar tendency to improve and strengthen faith. It is a pledge added above and beyond to the promise for faith's sake. Heavenly and sublime mysteries stoop down to your senses so that you may have clearer understandings of them, and the clearer the understandings are, the stronger the ascent of faith must be. By the same seal the promise is more confirmed to us, and the firmer the promise appears to the soul, the more bold and adventurous faith is in casting itself on it. How many poor, doubting, trembling souls have in such a season gathered the fully ripe fruits of assurance from the top boughs of that ordinance. 3. A rare and special means of improving faith is by frequent actions of faith. For unto every one that hath, that is, every one who improves and uses what he has, shall be given. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. This was the way by which Paul so exceedingly thrived in faith and every other grace, so that he outgrew them that were in Christ before him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 It is true its beginning in the soul is not in the same manner of other habits either moral or natural it is not of natural acquisition but by divine infusion but its improvement is in the same manner if you want to have a flourishing faith rouse it up out of its dull and sluggish habit and live in the daily exercise of it 4 go to Jesus Christ who is the author and finisher of our faith Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 and cry to him as the father in Luke chapter 9 verse 24 Lord increase my faith plead for the help of others prayers in this matter as the apostle did 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 faith animates prayer and prayer increases faith 5 increase times of affliction to increase your faith for sanctified afflictions notably exercise and increase this grace. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. In times of prosperity, we do not know how much faith we have. We live so much on things seen that many times we cannot tell whether we have faith or not, but when difficult days come, we must get out our whole subsistence and livelihood of faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Yes, then we have many proofs and examples of God's fidelity in the promises, which are an excellent help to faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 6 Keep notes of all your remarkable experiences 
Treasure them as food for your faith in time to come. It is an amazing encouragement and comfort to faith when it can turn over the records of God's dealing with you in years past and say as Joshua, Not one thing hath failed. Joshua 23 verse 14 When it can say so of promises that have already had their fulfillment, then they will be apt to say concerning those yet to be fulfilled, as Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed is the soul that believes, for there will be a performance of those things that are told it from the Lord. Luke chapter 1 verse 45 These experiences are the food of faith. Scripture, Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces, and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Psalm 74 verse 14 this famous experience of the power and love of God in His people's Red Sea deliverance, in which He destroyed the sea monster, Pharaoh and his host, was meat to the faith of God's Israel in the wilderness afterward. We often find Christ charging the people's unbelief to a bad memory, Matthew chapter 16, verses 8 through 9. For this reason, the Lord commanded the Israelites to keep journals of every day's occurrences, Numbers chapter 33, verses 1 through 2. It would be a thousand pities if such choice helps would be lost. If you could just remember how the Lord has appeared for you in former exigencies and how often He has shamed you for your unbelief, it would greatly animate your faith both in present and future distress. Micah chapter 6, verse 5. 7. Last, beware of sense, of feelings and perceptions which unseat faith. If you live on earthly things, you put your faith out of its proper service. Earthly things are hostile to faith. Scripture, This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5, verse 4. Overcoming denotes a conflict, and conflicts infer oppositions. You who live so much by sight and sense on things visible, what will you do when you are in David's or Paul's situation, when all outward encouragement and support utterly fails? Psalm 142, verse 4, 2 Timothy 4, verse 16. What would Abraham have done if he had not been able to believe against hope, such a hope that is founded on sense and reason? Listener, I advise and charge you in the name of the Lord, if you hope to live when visible comforts die, be diligent in the improvement and preparation of this excellent grace of faith. If it fails, you fail with it. As is your faith, so are you. Consult the cloud of witnesses to see if you can find someone among them who did not achieve the victory by faith. If their faith had failed in its trial, they would have all been run down by the furious assaults of temptation, and instead of a cloud of witnesses, they would have been many pillars of salt and monuments of reproach and shame to religion.